Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So it was Premier Rachel Notley's wine bombshell yesterday intended to get a response from the prime minister? Probably. Was she successful in getting a response from the prime minister? Yes. Was she successful in getting a clear and forceful response from the prime minister? Well, here's what he said today. Obviously, we're going to continue to make sure that we're standing up for the national interest. Canadians know that the environment and the economy need to go together, and uh, that's why we've moved forward on three things that go together. Getting our resources to uh, new markets safely and securely through uh, uh, responsible means, investing uh, in world-class oceans protection plan to protect the BC coast uh, and other coasts, and uh, making sure we have a national price on carbon that's going to reduce uh, our emissions. Those three things are part of an approach uh, that go together, and we need to do all three of them together. We're going to continue to make sure that uh, above uh, the the. disagreements and real differences of approach that different provinces take. Uh, we stand up for the federal government's role and responsibility, which includes responsibility over the uh, over the provinces. Uh, we're continuing to discuss and engage with the BC government, with uh, the Alberta government. We're making sure that we come to the right place. It's in the national interest. Uh, we're going to continue to engage uh, with the premiers on a regular, uh, regular basis. Okay, I don't know that that's going to fill anybody with confidence, but uh, you know, as, as I've said before on this, the prime minister has at least picked a side in this debate, and he's for now on the right side. In a perfect world, you know, the B.C. government would wave the white flag, get out of the way. We could get construction started. The only purpose for a, a bottle of B.C. wine maybe would be to, to christen the brand new pipeline. But obviously, we're not there. This, this wine boycott's not going to make uh, BC back down. And really, I don't know that there is anything at this point. There, there's no magic kryptonite here that's going to bring John Horgan to his knees and make him love the pipeline. But it is federal jurisdiction. It is Ottawa's decision. Do they need to be doing more at this point? Well, our next guest certainly thinks so. Michelle Rempel, conservative MP for Calgary Nose Hill. Michelle, thanks for making some time for us here today. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. All right. So, uh, by the way, are you, how do you feel about BC wine? <laughs> you know, well, I think it's no secret that I love BC wine, let's be honest. But uh, I, I disagree with you. I don't think Justin Trudeau's taken a side, except for maybe sitting on the fence on this one. Uh, if he was going to support the development of the pipeline, he would be taking more concrete action uh, to put this trade war aside. I mean, this is not productive for the entire country. It's not productive for either province. Uh, there are measures he could un- to take to undertake to get this done, and he's not. I mean, the clip you played, I heard blah, blah, blah. I hope this pipeline dies and goes away without me having to do anything. So I think, he, I think he's taken a side, and it's his own side. It's a side for political gain, and he's not exercising leadership right now, and he needs to. 
and there are specific instruments that he could take to do it. He could do it today, but he's choosing not to. And I think that's an abdication of responsibility. And frankly, it's it's a, a, a it's a it's a question. It's a constitutional question, and it's a question of how he manages the unity of this country. Okay. Well, and we'll talk about those measures. But but I come back to the point that he didn't have to approve this pipeline, and there are probably a lot of people he could have pandered to by saying no. He chose to say yes. Isn't that taking a side? No, he chose to, through putting additional hoops for industry to run uh, to run through, uh, you know, I look at all of the changes that they're about to announce this week with regard to the National Energy Board, that regulatory process. What he's saying is, look, um, we're creating an environment in Canada where we don't want these projects to take place. Like, that's the side he's taken. There's, there's really no other alternative for this. I know you and I were sort of going back and forth on Twitter yesterday, uh, you know, and I raised the example of Energy East. Yes, certainly it was at a, at a different stage of approval, but by changing the rules midstream, what Trudeau said to, to, to TransCanada there was, don't bother doing business. We don't want this. And I think that's really the approach that he's trying to take with a lot of these projects. It's just like, look, I just hope they atrophy and die. Yeah, but, he, but they haven't changed any rules on, on Trans Mountain. Trans Mountain's through the NEB process. That's done. It's approved. But what is Trudeau going to do to break this stalemate? Like, it, it's not just his responsibility. To, if he wants this pipeline built, as he purports to do, it's going to take more than what he's just done. That's, uh, it's abundantly clear right now. It's not going to magically happen. He is going to have to exercise some leadership to break this stalemate. And so he, you cannot give him credit for choosing a side until he exercises that leadership. If he does not exercise the, that leadership, to me, it is tantamount to saying, I don't want this. No, uh, it would be. I agree. You know, and that's really where we're at is... He's hoping he can get the credit for approving the pipeline and then let, you know, the B.C. and uh, Alberta NDP governments fight over each other, reap the rewards of 20 years of anti-energy sector, uh, you know, philosophy and campaigning, and then say, oh, you know, I guess it died. Oops. Like, like that is not political leadership. That's a cop-out. So if he's truly on the side of this pipeline, you know, he'll do something like invoke Section 9210 of the Constitution and declare this project of national importance and get it built. Uh, you know, I, I've been w- watching the commentary on this develop, and it's like, oh, well, cooler heads will prevail. You know what? We're in a trade war right now. It's not productive. I can only see it escalating, and I can only see the people who work in these industries get hurt. And the buck stops with the prime minister on this one. And this is where he has to do the job that he's been elected to do by Canadians. He has to make a decision. He can't just go around the international stage building his personal brand. He has to make tough calls. And he has to make a tough call on this one. The the clip that you played was just, it was laughable. It was a bunch of buzzwords. Mm-hmm. What kind well, of action is he going to take? Yeah, right. right. Well, I mean, that's that's par for the course for this prime minister. But but let me put the question this way, because there are reasons that have nothing to do with John Horgan as to why we don't have shovels in the ground. If we can deal with those those issues, what can John Horgan do other than wave around his his policy to, to stop the construction of this pipeline? I'm not convinced he, he can do anything. Here's where we're at. Do we want these projects in Canada or not? For 20 years, we have danced around this question by, with governments doing, you know, too clever by half things, like, you know, ch- changing the, and, and making the review processes uh, more, more nebulous and, and drawn out in terms of how long it can take. 
um, you know, looking at, at, at different criteria, changing the rules midstream. Why don't we just have the flat-out conversation? That's what none of these people have the courage to do. Do we want these projects in Canada? I would argue yes. I would argue that these projects uh, can be completed and are completed under the world's most you know, stringent regulatory system, environmental review system in the world. Uh, and let's be honest, they fund the Canadian social program like system across the country. So uh, if, if somebody wants to argue me no on that, let's argue no on that. But this trade war stuff, I mean, that is... The manifestation of that, in terms of this cop-out, is it, it, it hurts Canadians. And why doesn't anyone have the courage to just have this conversation? I don't know. I, I, and, if the, and if the answer is no, if Canadians go, you know what, no, we don't want this pipeline. We don't want pipelines at all. Then we have to have a harder conversation. How are we going to pay for all of these social programs that everybody loves? What sort of, uh, you know, what sort of accountability are we placing on the government in terms of raising our taxes and, and uh, you know, keeping spending in check? Like all of these things that nobody really wants to talk about. But that's where we're at as a country. And, you know, the prime minister is hoping he can just sort of kick this down, this can down the road and get another term without having this hard conversation. But here we are. And I just... You know, people have been asking me today, like, well, where do you fall? Do you, are you going to still drink BC wine? That's not the question. That's not the point. How did we get to this point? And what is the prime minister going to do to break this stalemate? He should be on the phone right now telling people how this is going to be. And then he should be willing to take the electoral heat one way or the other for it, because that's the job of a leader. I, I just, I, can, I cannot even believe that I'm on the phone with you having this conversation. Okay, but, but you seem to be talking about what, what almost seems like a, an unreachable consensus. We're never going to get a unanimous You're view right. one way or the other on You're this, right. right? You're right. So? We are not going to get consensus on this issue. So somebody has to make the call on it, right? Right, so and that's I what's happened say, here, hasn't it? No. The call because, was made. This pipeline is approved. Yes, but what... What has complicated that is you've got two provinces now fighting over whether or not it's going to be built. So if he, so if he says, I've made the call, this is going to get built, then what is he going to do to make that happen? And sitting back and saying, I'm going to let two provinces do a bunch of stuff that is really, really questionable in terms of keeping the fabric of this country together... Uh, that that's not that's not making the call. That isn't. That's saying I'm. I hope that not, I. I kind of just hope something happens one way or the other. Well, okay, but but it, it seems like we're starting from uh, uh, the perspective that John Horgan has placed an obstacle, and the question is how are we going to overcome this obstacle? What if it's not an obstacle? What if it's meaningless posturing? Why why do we need to do anything above and beyond what was being done before? Well, there are questions on whether what Horgan has done is constitutional or legal, but that's not the game that we're playing here. By 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 Horgan trying to do this and saying, okay, take me to court on it, right? That adds, what, two, three, God knows how long, many more years before a decision is rendered. And, and you know, Kinder Morgan's sitting there going, uh, like, we're already beyond the, the, the point in time when we should have had construction on this. You have to think about this as well from the fact that this is a multi-billion dollar corporate decision, mm-hmm. right? So, like, it's not as linear as you've just made it out to be. And the Prime Minister has to understand that. If this project has been approved through a rigorous, world-class environmental review process, 
and has been signed off by the federal government, and then he comes, and if he has the audacity to come out and say, I support this, then take it to the wall and get it done. Because if he doesn't do that and he lets this play out and lets it die, then he's made a call the other way. And what I hate to watch is the Canadian public let him get away with that. And you know what? Even if he gets away with that, that's sent a message to industry writ large that Canada is not a stable democracy where you can do business and invest. That's the reality. That's where people are going, well, why would I bring multi-billion dollar projects to Canada if I don't know how the rules work? And that's the sort of political environment that he's overseeing right now. There needs to be stability and there needs to be leadership. And you know what? He might not be popular for doing it. But sometimes when you are elected to serve the public, it's not all about popularity. It's about doing what's right. You're not not going to please everybody. And and I think even he's smart enough to realize that. Now, firmer words, we talked about his statement today. It it was pretty milquetoast. Stronger words, I suppose, would help. But that's not a measure, per se, right? That's not concrete action. So in terms of what measures, concrete actions, you think need to happen, what would those be? Well, first of all, he needs to get on the horn with those two premiers right now. Well, like, maybe I, he is. We don't know. Well, he should be talking about it if he is. He should be sending some sort of signal to industry on what measures he's taking, and he should be telling the Canadian public about that. That's like sort of low-hanging fruit, no-brainer stuff, Right. Like, he's now got a three-day trip to Chicago, I just saw, that he posted. He should be, this should be priority interest number one, right? Like, he's really going to let this escalate? Like, that's crazy. Number two, I just, I suggested something that I think he needs to put on the table and threaten to do, and that's invoke Section 9210. And for those people who are listening who doesn't, don't know what that is, it's, uh, you know, oversimplified. It's, uh, it's a measure that allows Parliament to declare a project in the national interest. And it kind of overrules the province, and it would it would get built. Um, it, it, I, I just I think he needs to show the provinces how serious he is to ensure to say, look, we're, he's not going to allow an interprovincial trade war to erupt within confederation. Like that's really what we're talking about here, right? This is something for the history books. Mm-hmm. So there are measures he can take that, like, like why are you going to Chicago? Why is he going there right now? We've got it, like. Like, get to BC and Alberta and fix this problem, or at least get them on the phone. Like, I, 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 I just, I'm flabbergasted. Well, but how does go back to Section 92 for a second here? Because uh, you know the the decision itself, the decision making power that cabinet has regarding pipelines, that already overrules provinces. Right, but he what he's done is uh, the question of what Horgan's doing is is is. Okay, is it constitutional? Is it not? How is it actually going to play out? What, like, the, the point, again, is the clock is ticking, right? Like, this is not happening in an ivory tower vacuum where we have time to deliberate these sort of questions. Because I bet you right now that Kinder Morgan boardroom table is having a pretty serious look and saying, do we even want to bother, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and for all the environmentalists who, who talk about this, the reality is, is that we're pulling natural resources out of the ground and we are not being adequately compensated for that environmental cost in terms of the price differential that we get because we're only basically selling to the U.S. When you think about increasing the amount of revenue that we can get for that production by taking it out to tidewater on the B.C. coast in an environmentally sustainable way, to me that's, that's what we should be looking at here. That's an, it's already an increased value add 
for what we're doing with our natural resource production. So, yeah, Cabinet had the decision to make here. The clock's ticking on this. Now, how far is the Prime Minister willing to go to get this built? And you know what Horgan, I think, and, and Notley to a certain extent are gambling on is that he's, he is going to sit back and, you know, just let them fight it out amongst themselves. That will not keep this country, the, the question of confederation, that will not address the question, the, the, the problem that we have in terms of this being a project of the national interest. We need to have this debate right now. We either build this or we don't. And if we don't, how does that affect the Canadian economy and how does it affect, affect investor confidence here? And that's the sort of thing we should be talking about in Parliament. And frankly, we're not. Well, it seems to me, yeah, I, I, I think you're bang on there because we're talking about an existing pipeline. We're doubling the capacity of an existing pipeline. If we can't get this built, I don't see how we, we get any pipelines built. This has become 100% about politics and rhetoric. I mean, if we don't have... If we ask investors to go through the hoops of the regulatory process that we have in place, and then we start changing the rules midstream, and then we don't use the levers that we have in legislators to see that decision through, why would people invest here? Like That's a legitimate question to ask. That is a question I don't want to be asking, because we need to be thinking long-term about the Canadian economy. And for everybody who says, okay, well, you know, Rempel, how about economic diversification? Where are we going for the future of the economy? I agree. We need to be looking at those questions. But the natural, energy, the natural resources sector is part of that question. And like everybody talks about, oh, we can transition through this. Yeah, but you still need to be getting the best price that you can out of the resources that we have right now. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I've been in Parliament for almost seven years now. It's gone fast. But I have never been more frustrated than I am today because this is just childish antics without any sort of leadership. Where's the leadership in this country? And, and this is a question that we pay the Prime Minister of Canada to deal with. And he's not there on that right now. All right, Michelle, we'll leave it there. I always appreciate uh, your thoughts. Thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Thanks for having me. Take care. That is Michelle Rempel, the Conservative MP for Calgary Nose Hill, and uh, her frustration with uh, how this is playing out and the need for some leadership, she says. At the uh, Canadian Chamber of Commerce today, echoing much the same sentiment. The Canadian Chamber of Commerce is deeply concerned about the negative impact a provincial interprovincial trade war would have on the economies of Alberta, B.C., and ultimately Canada. The announced escalation of retaliatory trade measures will leave businesses of all sizes, their owners, and their employees caught in the crossfire. To prevent a further escalation of this unnecessary and potentially damaging dispute, the Canadian Chamber again calls on the federal government to stand behind its own regulatory process and to fulfill its constitutional responsibilities. The federal government needs to act now by engaging directly with the province of B.C. in ensuring that the fair and scientifically sound decisions on the Trans Mountain Pipeline are carried out. 974-8255 is our number. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.